Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Amen. Tonight we're just going to talk a little bit about effectual prayer, then we're going to get on our knees and pray effectively. that okay? Do some effective praying tonight? Okay. James 5, 16. Amplified version. This is the classic version of the Amplified Bible. It says, confess to one another your fault, therefore your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another, that you may be healed and restored uh, to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes a little bit of power. Makes what? Power. What makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working? The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working. Praise God. Prayer is very important to all of our lives. It's an incredible privilege, but it's also an awesome responsibility that we all have. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to enter into the most holy place of all, having our high priest representing us there with the pavement paved with his blood Thank God that we can enter into the holiest place of all and we can petition our Heavenly Father for whatever it is that we need. That is a privilege that no one else had in the Old Covenant. But thank God, other than the high priest going there once a year, but you and I daily, we can walk into this holy place of His presence and petition Him on our behalf, our daily bread, our daily prayer. Isn't that a privilege? But then also, it's an awesome responsibility. Why? Because prayer is joining forces together with God to accomplish his purposes here on earth. So in other words, it's up to us to take our place and do our part, to stand in the gap and make up the hedge, petition heaven and stand here on this earth so that God's will can be done in earth as it is in heaven, which is why Jesus taught us to pray that way. You establish the will of God as being done in earth as it is in heaven. And we know that in heaven, it's a wonderful thing that's going on there. But in earth, that's not the case. And so it's up to us to take our place and do our part, join forces together and pray effectively so that God's will can be accomplished in the earth. And I'll be honest with you, effectual fervent prayer is not praying harder. Some people say, well, pray harder. Okay, how's that? How do I pray harder? With more gusto? No, it's praying in faith that gets results. You see, faith makes prayer work. Prayer does not make faith work. Faith makes prayer work. So it's taking what God said, believing what God said, acting on what God said, believing that it's so, that we allow him to do what he wants to do. So by grace are you saved through faith. There's healing grace that comes by faith. And the list goes on and on. So it's faith that's key. It's faith that's important to do what? To release heaven in the earth. And we do that by praying in faith. Let me give you an example. Look at Acts chapter 4 verse 23. You talk about tremendous power that's available that's dynamic and it's working. 
Peter and John were just taken into question by the council because they just got a, a, a lame man healed from his mother's womb. He never walked. You know the story, lifted him up by, took his right hand, lifted him up, his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up stood and walked into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. When the people saw that, they marveled at it and they tried to exalt Peter and John as if they were some kind of gods. And he said, don't look on us like as if our whole power or holiness made this man to walk. It's his name through faith in his name that has made this man strong, whom you see and know the faith that is by him has given this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Well, for doing that, you would think that they would be on the bandwagon. They would just rejoice over that. But no, they got upset. They were upset because this man who had never walked was now walking and leaping and praising God. And so they bring him into, into question in a council meeting. And they threaten them, do not ever speak in that name ever again. Because we don't want this to spread any further. How greedy, how selfish could they possibly be? Here's a man who had never walked is now walking. And they don't want it to spread. And then anybody else get it. Well, instead of being intimidated by the council, this is what they did. And being let go, they went to their own company, reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice with one accord to God and said, Lord, your God made heaven and earth and seen all that in them is. Who by the mouth of your servant David said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and were gathered together against the Lord, against his Christ, of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy counsel and hand and counsel before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, they're threatening us, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Notice what they're praying for. Behold their threatenings. Look at what they're saying to us. And grant to your servants, this is what we want, boldness to speak your word by stretching forth your handy heel. Notice the connection here. When God moves in power and might and heals and delivers and sets the people free, it produces a boldness within the people of God to continue proclaiming the truth by stretching forth your handy heel that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. So when we come together, whether it's your family whether it's your church, we want God to show up on the scene. We're not here to entertain one another. We want to be entertained by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We want God to show up, manifest His glory, manifest His power to save the lost, heal the sick, set the captives free, restore marital relationships, bring wayward children back to Himself. Amen? Knit families together in love. This is the work of God. And it takes prayer and faith. Working together to accomplish the purposes of God. Look at the next two verses. After they prayed that prayer, asking for boldness, and ask, asking God to stretch forth his hand to heal, and when they prayed, what did they do? You notice how you could see the Lord's prayer in that prayer? Lord, you made heaven and earth, seeing all that in them is. By the, it, that's what they prayed like. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And with great power and great grace gave they witness that uh, they gave witness, the apostles witness of the Lord, of the resurrection of the Lord, and great grace was upon them all. Notice, great power. What did that prayer produce? 
great power and great grace. And you talk about boldness. They were bold. They were intimidated before the resurrection, after the resurrection, and on the day of Pentecost. They were so empowered. Why? Because God was actively at work among them, doing things, signs and wonders, and saving the lost, and healing the sick, and setting the captives free. Has he changed? No, he's not. He's the same yesterday, today, forever, and always. Some people get a little bit, you know, um, curious when they see someone shake at the altar. <laughs> Wait till the building shakes. <laughs> Wait till the whole place begins to shake where they're assembled together. That's half a church, wouldn't you say? Amen. All right. We're talking about prayer. But before we get into effectual prayer, I want to bring this out. Look at Romans chapter 11 and verse 36. I want you to see three expressions that are used here. It's used in the Lord's Prayer and also elsewhere. But look at this. Notice these three expressions. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. It's of him. It's to him. Or through him rather. And to him. Now if you remember the Lord's prayer. At the end of the prayer. What did he say? For thine is the kingdom. It's about him. It's about his kingdom. And the power. Power. So it's of him. And now it's through him. The power and glory forever it's to him it's for his glory so look at these expressions because they're important to us prayers that are answered originate in heaven and if we want our prayers to reach heaven they originate in heaven they start in heaven and then through his power they're manifested in the earth and go back and give glory to God in heaven and so when you and I step out and act upon what God said, it starts from there. It's his will that we want to accomplish in the earth. And then it's his power that enables it to happen. Remember Peter said, don't look at us like as if our own power, this man walked. No, it's the power of the name of Jesus. And guess what? All the glory goes back to God. Because when he got healed, he walked, he leaped, and he glorified the living God. And so did the common people. Not the religious leaders, but the common people. Okay. Of him, it's about his kingdom. He is the source of all things. Notice he said in that verse, Romans eleven thirty six, 36. It's for him. It's of all things. So he's the source of all things. Secondly, it's through him. Through him means he is the force behind all things. And then to him, to him. He's the source, he's the force, and the course of it all. The course. It starts with him, it's through him, and it goes back to him. He's the source, the force, and the course. It's of him through him and to him praise God now with that in mind I want you to look with me in Matthew 16 verse 19 it starts in heaven if we want to be effectual in our prayer life it starts in heaven having the mind of God 
having the work of God completed in Christ. Look at what it says. He's talking to Peter. I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind. This is the amplified version. The classic version. Or declared to be improper and unlawful on earth. Must be. Notice. Must be. What is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose declare lawful on earth. Must be. What is already loosed in heaven. So in other words it starts in heaven. This is the will of God. We must know the will of God. Remember 1 John 5 14 15 says this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will he hears us. So we've got to ask according to his will. We have to know the will of God. We've got to get the mind of God in our situation. Why? Because we have to know that it's already done in heaven. So it can be done in earth. And that's what praying in faith is all about. This is your will. It's your will, for example, to save a lost person. Do we know that? Absolutely. We know it's his will. So how can we pray for a lost person to be saved? Remember Jesus said, the Lord of the harvest, prayed that the Lord of harvest sent forth labors into his harvest. A prayer to save a lost person, a part of the harvest, originates right there with God. And we say, Lord... Send labors across the path of so-and-so to bind to them the word of God so that they can hear the gospel message and be saved by your grace. It's proper to pray that way to accomplish God's purpose on this earth, in earth, in a person's life. So it starts with him. And we can say that he is the origin of effectual prayer. Effectual prayer starts with him in what he said. Now, look at some other verses. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6, this is Solomon praying his prayer. As the temple is being built, it's going to be dedicated and so on. But look at 2 Chronicles chapter 6 when it comes to praying for forgiveness. This is him echoing what God said, doing it the way God said to do it, about his presence and his name being within that house that he built for God's habitation. And if thy people Israel be put to the worst before the enemy because they have sinned against thee and shall return and confess thy name and pray and make supplication before thee in this house. Where does it start? In heaven. This is the instruction that he gave them. This is where you pray. This is how you pray. Then hear thou from the heavens and forgive the sin of thy people Israel and bring them again unto the land which thou gavest to them and to their fathers. So this prayer of forgiveness, back then, that's how they were to do it. If they wanted to be forgiven, they had to follow the steps, the instructions that God gave them. And they did. But then look at the chapter 6 and verses 28 through 31 when it comes to sickness and disease and being healed. If there be a dearth in the land, if there be pestilence, if there be blasting or mildew, locusts and caterpillars, if there be enemies... Uh, their enemies besiege them in the cities of their land. Whatsoever sore or whatsoever sickness there be, then what prayer or supplication soever shall be made of any man or of all thy people Israel, when everyone shall know his own sore and his own grief and shall spread forth his hands in their house, then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and render unto every man according to all his ways whose heart thou knowest for thou only knowest the hearts of the children of men 
that they may fear thee to walk in thy way so long as they live in the land which thou gavest unto their fathers. Notice the end result is that they may live. Praise God. So he's giving them instructions. It means it's coming from heaven. It's the decree of heaven. It's going to manifest through his power. His power will manifest and accomplish whether it's forgiveness or whether it's healing or whether it's deliverance. Whatever it might be, I guarantee you to go back in glory to God. Look at chapter 7 and verse 12. And this is one that we always quote. We know verse 14 very well. But let's put it in its setting. They, they're dedicating the temple. The glory has already fallen. And here's Solomon. And once again, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from where heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their heal their land it starts with heaven it manifests in the power to forgive their sin to heal their land now mine eyes shall be opened and mine ears attent unto the prayer that is made in this place for now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Notice it's starting in heaven. That's the source. They're doing exactly what he said to do in this place, in this house. Aren't you glad we don't have to go to Jerusalem to get our prayers answered? Amen. Besides, there's not a temple there anyhow to go into to get your prayer answered or a priesthood but thank God we live in a new time and we thank God that we can go directly to the throne and do it the way he said by a new and living way praise God but I'm just establishing a point here the source is heaven it starts with heaven look at the next one Romans chapter 10 now this is bringing it into the New Testament and this is about someone who needs salvation but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in my, thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13 says, And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This, one time I was challenged by someone, says you can't get saved by, by doing that. You can't? No, there's certain other things you have to do to get saved. Well, I beg to differ with that. The word of God is in your heart and in your mouth. And the way a person gets saved is by calling upon the name of the Lord. We don't have to go through rituals. All we have to do is believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon Calvary's cross and call upon his name. And when we do that, we are then saved by grace through how? Faith. It is the faith we're praying a prayer, yes, but it's faith in the accomplishments of Jesus that allows heaven to come down and do what? Recreate a person's spirit and give him a brand new heart and life or heal his body, set him free or whatever he might need from God. And so we see he is the source. This is how we do it. It's based on what he said. It's also based on the finished work of Christ. And thank God he's the origin of effectual prayer. Look at the next one in Mark 11. I just kind of threw this in there because I think it's important for us to recognize how we experience the benefits of our covenant that we have with God. 
In Mark eleven twenty four, based on the prayer of faith in verse 23, Therefore I say to you what things soever you desire, when you pray, what are we supposed to do? Believe you receive them and you shall have them. So whatever benefit we have of the covenant, we receive that benefit by faith. So we pray in faith, in other words. You know what? We pray in faith even for our country. We stand in faith for our country, which is why we understand the power of our words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The quality of our life is going to be dependent upon the words that we speak. And when we speak in line with the word of God, we agree with the word of God, then we open up the door to heaven and let heaven come down and manifest what heaven wants manifest here upon the earth. Whether it's saving a lost person, whether it's his power manifested in our, in our country. Once again, when we pray for our country, we're to pray in faith and stay in faith. I thank you for moving upon the hearts and minds of our government officials and political leaders. I thank you that you heard me when I said, praise God, that you're touching their hearts, changing them, turning their hearts whithersoever you will. Your purpose is being accomplished in this great nation. You're removing from office those that rebel against you, replacing with those that will honor and glorify your name and establish your will being done in these United States of America. We're doing it in faith and we're believing. But the origin of a Effectual prayer begins with whom? With him. With him. Let me give you a quick example. Uh, this is years ago when I was coming home from a Bible study and the church was still in Midland. I'm driving down the road. Uh, my children are in the car with me and we see a guy who's on the side of the road and he's laying there bleeding. Gash in his head and his head is bleeding. I pull over to see what's going on. Another car pulls over. It's another brother in the Lord. He pulls over. We see what's going on. We find out that the man is bleeding from the head, fell, hit his head on the, on the rail, on the guardrail that was there. And here he is, inebriated. As a result, this is what happened to him. We pick him up, get him to his house, clean him up, bound up his wounds, this fellow and I do. Takes about a half an hour inside his house, and my, the family's in the car. And so then we leave. The moment I get in the car, I hear... Jason's burning up with fever. What? He wasn't burning up in fever when I went in there. He's burning up with fever. Just burning up with fever. Breathing and laboring to breathe. Oh. Okay, let's go. Home was only two, three minutes away. So we get him home. Put the other kids in, put him in bed. Put the other kids in bed. And then I'm full ready to walk into the room. And I'm going to pray for him like I normally would. I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to lay hands on him in Jesus' name. And expect, you know, God's power to manifest itself in his life. Well, how many of you know you can have your way and God can have his way? So I start walking into the room just like I'm walking normal, just like this here. And all of a sudden I hit like a brick wall. I'm standing there just like that. Stopped in a moment. Spiritual things are hard to explain and describe. But boom, just like in a moment I hit this brick wall. I stand there. I look up and I hear these words. You showed your love for another. And now I'm going to show my love for you. And as I stood there in that moment, it's like as if I knew exactly what to do. It wasn't going to be what I was going to do. I knew exactly what to do. I stood there and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, you spirit of infirmity, you come out of him right now. I saw a black bird-like figure fly off the top of his head and out the closed window. And his breathing that was laboring went down. No more laboring and breathing. And I touched his forehead. His fever was completely gone. That was a time when there was a spirit of infirmity involved in a sickness. Now, not all fevers have a spirit of infirmity. You understand that. But at that moment, it came from heaven 
I knew what to do. I acted upon what I knew God was communicating to me to do, and it resulted in instant healing in his body. That's why we always want to be so open. See, to be effectual, it's got to come from heaven. Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? Is there something more? I'm going to do what I know to do from the word of God, but that there's something more by your spirit. Communicate that to me so I can and will do what you want me to do. There was a woman. And this woman was told after she went to the doctors that she has a horrible liver and she has very few weeks to live. She heard about the message of faith and how Jesus bore her sickness and carried her pains. She learned about Mark eleven twenty four. 24, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And then she said, if that's the case, Lord, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you for a new liver. I'm going to believe I receive a new liver. And I'm going to start thanking you for a brand new liver all day long. I'm not going to ask you for another one. I'm going to thank you for the one you've given me. I believe I receive it. Mark 11:24, And that comes from heaven. Mark 11:24 does not come from Rainbow Bible Training Center. Does not come from Kenneth E. Hagan. Doesn't come from any other faith teacher you ever heard of. It came from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. His lips, praise God, spoke those words penned by Mark. Can you say amen to that? And so it came from heaven. And she took it as coming from heaven. And literally, this woman would walk around her dining room table. Thank you for my new liver. Thank you for my new liver. I believe I've received a new liver. Thank you for my new, oh, Lord, thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so joyful. I'm so thankful. I've got a new liver. I've got a new liver. I've got a new liver. Thank you for my new liver. Oh, hallelujah. I've got a new, now they said she would be dead within a few weeks. Thank you for my new liver. Thank you for my new liver. I've got a new liver. Thank you, Lord, for my new liver. I'm just rejoicing in you. And the weeks went by and the weeks went by. She would do it 70, 80, 90 times every single day, walking around her table. I got a new liver. I got a new liver. Glory to God. I've got a new liver. Getting excited more and more and more and more about my new liver. I've got a brand new liver. Thank you for my new liver. Hallelujah for my new liver. Six months went by. She's still shouting around the table. Thank you for my new liver. Thank you for my new liver. Thank you for my new liver. Finally got to the point where as almost a year went by, she went back to her doctors and the doctor took some x-rays and, 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 and all that. And he called her and said, I don't understand this. She said, well, what do you, don't you understand? This was your original x-ray of your liver that was gone this one shows you have a new liver you've got a brand new liver she said thank you Jesus but where did it start in heaven whose power did that Jesus's power all she did was cooperated with God who got the glory right back to him all right number two the operation of effectual prayer. Notice we did the origin. It starts with him. Now the operation of effectual prayer is through him. Remember that Lord's Prayer? Thine is the power. It's through him. What power can create a new liver? Only God's. What power can make a lame man from his mother's womb walk? Only God's. What power can Take a maimed person and make him whole once again. Only God's. We're talking about tapping into power beyond human scope. The power of the Most High God. Look in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 7. So it's the power. We want the power of God constantly in manifestation in and through our lives all the time. Now, they built the temple. 
Solomon had made an end of praying. The fire came down from heaven. What happened in response to his prayer? Fire came down from heaven. Consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not stand for by reason of the cloud. Because the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. And when the, all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down. And the glory of the Lord upon the house. They bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying for he is good and for his mercies, mercy endureth forever. Notice their prayer gave place to the power, the fire, the glory from above. That's what we're looking for. That's what our desire is. We want to blanket this nation with the glory of God. We want to blanket our homes with the glory of God. We want to blanket our lives with the glory of God. And how do we do that? We cooperate with God. Do exactly what he said do. Declare what his word says to be true in your life. Let the weak say, I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You're the glory and the lifter of my head, praise God. You see, we can either lean toward our own understanding, our own reasoning. We can lean toward our feelings and emotions and all that. Or we can lean toward the word of God and declare and proclaim it to be true. Why? So we can tap into a higher power than human power and emotional power and human reasoning. God wants us to tap into the resources of his mighty power and glory to accomplish his purpose. Look at 1 Corinthians 8, I mean 1 Kings 18. You know the story of Elijah the prophet and prophets of Baal. And you know how, of course, they were, he thought he was the only prophet at the time, but he wasn't. But yet that's what he thought. Long story short, the prophets of Baal began to, you know, have a contest with him. And he said, well, look, if Baal's God, then worship him. But if God be God, then worship him. If Jehovah be God, then worship him. And here's how we'll do the test. You go ahead and call upon the name of the Lord uh, Baal if you want to. And uh, we're going to set up a sacrifice and see if fire comes down from heaven. If fire comes down from heaven to burn up the sacrifice, then you know what? Then follow Baal. But if he doesn't, and I call upon the name of the Lord Jehovah God, and fire comes down, then you follow him. And they said, okay, it's a deal. You know the story. They got their sacrifice together, put it on the altar of sacrifice, and they began to pray and pray and pray and pray. And nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. At all. Nothing. Finally, Elijah begins to have some sport with them keep praying because he might be taking a bathroom break or maybe he's having a nap and he just began making fun of them nothing happened you know the story put all the water on the sacrifice filled up dug a trench around the sacrifice put water all around it and the reason for that was because they believe evil spirits came up out of the ground and would do something some supernatural thing to light a fire and that's what but he's made sure water was everywhere on the sacrifice over the sacrifice in the trough around it and even on the, on the ground underneath it and all was full of water and then he said it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said Lord God of Abraham Isaac and Israel that's covenant speaking let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word that came from heaven. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. Ooh, glory. 
and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. What happened when the power was in manifestation and on display? It brought conviction. It brought fire, yes, but it brought conviction upon their souls and they turned back to God. You know, sometimes we want to get people turned back to God. It's not going to be your good works, my good works, your good program, my good program. It is going to be the power from on high, the fire of God that falls upon these people. How? As we stand in the gap and make up the hedge in faith, believing that God will send labors across their path and that God will speak to their hearts and manifest his saving grace to them once again. And they'll come back from the land of the enemy to their own borders where they can faithfully serve the living God. Amen. So we cooperate with God by doing it God's way. And it produces what? Power. So the operation of it involves the power of God. Look at, once again, look at Acts chapter 4 verse 31. This is what they did when they prayed. The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Remember he said stretch forth your hand to heal through signs and wonders and so on. Well look at chapter 5. And look at verse. Uh, was it 12? Um, chapter 5. 12 to 16. And by the hands of the apostles. What did they pray for? Signs and wonders. Were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest of the rest, there's no man joined himself to them. But the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes both of men and women so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets. And laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about in Jerusalem bringing sick folks of them that were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed every one. Oh the days of everyone being healed. Oh the days of everyone are upon us. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're talking about God's power. Only God's power can do that. And so effectual prayer originates with God. We do it the way God said to do it. And then it, it, the operation of it is through his power. Look in Luke's gospel in chapter 10, verses 8 and 9, and then 17 through 20. And into whatsoever city you enter and receive, and they receive you, eat such things as sit before you, and heal the sick that are therein, and say to them, the kingdom of God. Where does it originate? Kingdom of God from heaven is come unto you. Then look in verse 17. So they went out. And they did in verse 17. The 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Power. And he said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power. Where's that power come from? Heaven. To tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. I like that, don't you? All the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this Rejoice not that your rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The effect is greater than the cause. The cause is greater than the effect. The cause is your name is in heaven. And because your name is in heaven, you have authority. You've got power from on high. You and I have the ability within. It's not ours. It's his. It's his power. It's his anointing. It's his glory. We're anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. It all comes from heaven and it enters into us. We're able to use it, praise God, because we're authorized to do so as ambassadors for Christ. 
And then we can be vessels of his honor and carry out his plan and purposes through his power on the earth. So he's the origin. And then also, he's the one that orchestrates it through his power. Oh, thank God for the power of God. It just brings so much to my remembrance of the display of God's awesome power. Praise God. So it's in, he's the operation. Look at the last one, number three, and we'll close. The object. And oh, we got to get a hold of this. The object. Effectual prayer. The object of effectual prayer is that it's to, to him. It's his kingdom, his power, and whose glory? His glory. In other words, it's to bring glory to God. You know why you want to receive from him? To give glory to God. That glory comes from your lips. And then when he uses you through his power to touch somebody else's life with his life-changing power, it will be coming from their lips. So let's read a few scriptures. Look at Luke 5, 24 through 26. This is the man that was healed. And he was brought down of four, led down from the ceiling tile. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house doing what? Doing what? Glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they did what? glorified God and were filled with fear saying we have seen strange things today so it originates from heaven the operation of it is God's power because only God's power can do what that just said was done and it brings glory to God God is glorified hallelujah through these signs and wonders and manifestations of his power. Then look at uh, chapter 7 and verse 14. This is the woman whose only son died. And in the funeral procession. He came and touched the bier. And they that bare him stood still. And he said young men I say unto thee arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all. And they did what? glorified God saying that a great prophet is risen up among us and that God hath visited his people. Where did it all go back to? You see he is the course as well as the, the source and the force. It finishes its course. It starts from heaven. It's manifested in the earth through his power and it goes right on back to him with glory. We glorify and honor him. Look at the next one in chapter 13. You know this woman, we've talked about this woman on numerous occasions that was bowed over with the spirit of infirmity and rheumatoid arthritis and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and what did she do? She glorified God. Yours is the kingdom, the power that did that and the glory. The glory went directly to him. Praise God. Back to heaven. The full course. Then also look at um, John's gospel chapter 14. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name. It's really command or demand as your right and privilege. That will I do. Why? That the father may be glorified in the son. Notice we're here. You realize why we're alive? To give glory 
to God. To live a life that glorifies the living God. And when you and I act on the word of God in these ways that we're talking about, it gives glory to God. So you want to receive from God? Remember this. It starts with heaven. And what has heaven told you to do? And remember this. It's not your power, but it's his power. And remember this. It's by faith you tap into it. And thirdly, you're doing it not just for your benefit, but more than anything, for the glory of the living God. That God will be glorified in that situation. So keep that in mind. And look at the next one in John 15, uh, verses 7 and 8. You know the verses. Verse 7 at least. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask what you will. That's prayer, right? And it will be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified. That you bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Notice again, he's talking about glorifying God. How? Through prayer fruit. Getting results through prayer by his power. And then look at this one in John 17. This kind of summarizes the whole thing. This is Jesus. He's about to go to the cross. He lived his life pleasing his father. He got his orders from heaven. He said, I only do what the father says to do. I only say what the father says to say. So as he acted, he acted in harmony with the will of the father for his life. And then the power that was in manifestation came from heaven. He never took credit from any of the power. The source, heaven. The force, heaven. And now the course. You ready for it? I have glorified thee on the earth. Boy, I like that. I have lived a life to glorify. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thy me with thy, thou me with my, thine own self. With the glory which I had with thee before the world was. You know what awaits those that live a life to glorify God? His glory is going to come on you. He actually said give them the same glory that, the, that you glorified me with. So in some summary or conclusion. You know we can say that prayer that reaches heaven starts in heaven. It makes its way into the earth by faith and releases the power of God. And the end result is to give glory to God. So let's all stand together. Let's, if you don't mind, gather around this altar. And let us do what God said for us to do.